Welcome to the TurfNet Renovation Report, brought to you by Golf Preservations, the Andersons, and Capillary Bunkers. I'm Anthony Piop, your host. Joining me is Doug Larson, golf course superintendent at the, the Shore Club, which was formerly Wildwood Golf and Country Club, and it's in one of my favorite town names anywhere, Cape May Courthouse, New Jersey. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Anthony. Now, I was looking on you, we were talking before, and you've been on, you've been the superintendent at the Shore Club for 12 years, but... It's a circular route that got you there. Tell me, tell me about your whole history with, with the facility. Sure. So I grew up playing golf here. I grew up locally. Father was a member here. I grew up as a junior golfer and took a summer job in the summer of 85, uh, working for uh, the superintendent at the time, Steve Malkowski. And, you know, it was kind of a golf bum, kind of floundering college. Didn't really have much direction. And, uh, you know, wound up being persuaded into going to turf school, uh, which I went to University of Massachusetts, uh, graduated there from, in 1990, came back here as the assistant for about a year and a half, um, and went on to be the superintendent of Riverton Country Club, which is a Ross course up in Cinnamons in New Jersey. Uh, and then I took a job as a superintendent at Manufacturers Golf and Country Club in Fort Washington, which is a, a Flynn course. And uh, was persuaded to uh, resign about four years into that to, you know, join a company that was starting up an independent supply company, poor golf courses. And right. did that for about 10 years in sales and faked it for a little bit, but really missed being a golf course superintendent. I like the chaotic nature of it is you're never really doing the same exact thing every day. Every day is a little bit different. So um, was was a little miserable at the time and wound up working, uh, for a friend of mine, uh, as a consultant and this opportunity came up and it just kind of worked out. And yeah, I've been actually been back here for nine years. I came back in 2012. So, okay. uh, we're working on 10 here. So yeah, no, real, real, uh, real happy to be back at my home stomping grounds. And you're one of the few cases I know of where so a superintendent that went into sales and had a career, I mean, 10 years of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Most people, most people think it was three or four, but it was ten. Yeah, and then and then you're back on the golf course. Yeah, it's it's, it's unique. Um, and so let's talk about yeah, and let's talk about this this restoration process that you have going on. You have a Wayne Styles golf course. Um, yep. With fourteen original holes, right? You lost two to a to a highway going through the golf course, and then two to, to uh, were sacrificed to build a, a practice area. Um, yep. And, and, and Tyler Ray is the, is your architect of record, but explain, start off with exactly what you guys are doing and how long you've been doing it. Tyler came on my radar. He was doing work at Riverton country club where I used to be the superintendent for a friend of mine, uh, working for, uh, Ron Pritchard, who, uh, I think we were the first club when I was at Riverton to hire Ron Pritchard when he came to the area. Uh, and he was doing a Ross renovation there. Um, and then Tyler wound up becoming his main shaper and kind of his protege, um, uh, architecturally and so a friend of mine who was at Riverton at the time said you know why don't you talk to this guy he's really good um so Tyler came down we had a little meeting and we hit it off and you know he was kind of on the same page as me as far as what we wanted to do we wanted to build kind of grass faced flat bottom bunkers more of kind of a raw style it didn't have much of a template to offer for for a you know a, a styles and Van Cleek kind of look so you know, he came in in 2018. We did a few bunkers just as kind of a showcase piece to show members what, what they'll look like, how they play, that kind of thing. Right. And it was a big hit. And we've been chipping away at it. We do a few holes every year. Uh, we've got about half the golf courses done now. 
Um, but we're also, uh, Tyler did draw up a, a master plan for us in the fall of 2020, um, which we're using as a guideline, obviously for work. And he still comes, comes in and does most of the shaping. I wanted to design and build, uh, architect anyway. I, I wanted somebody that could jump on a dozer and he, he's, he's a really, really, really good shaper. So, right. um, yeah, it's been fantastic. We've had a great relationship. We're just getting ready. We talked yesterday. We just have, we have another hole that we're getting ready to do, uh, in the next few weeks. And, uh, we're just going over a game plan for that. So now it's, it's been fantastic. It's really worked out and it's been the membership very well received by the membership. And that's, that's the, the best uh, compliment you can get, right? I mean, not from your work is that your members like what you do. Yeah. I mean, you know, being at a country club, working at country clubs for a lot of years, you know, you're always going to get some naysayers and sure. to be honest with you, I've had really no negative stuff, questions on why we're doing certain things, but once you explain it, uh, we've had no issues and we actually built a new green last year on our seventh hole because the location was just a little tight with the clubhouse and, and Tyler came in and did that work. It really turned out spectacular and it's been kind of the hit and we're actually going to reroute the golf course where that is our finishing hole back at the clubhouse, uh, oh, really? starting in the spring. So wow. okay. yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, it's gone really well. So, so when you, Tyler does the shaping, but do you, does your, you and the staff build the bunkers? Yeah. So well, the way we've handled it so far is, uh, we come in, sh- strip the, uh, area disturbance. Uh, my guys get rid of that stuff. Uh, we remove any sand that's gotta be removed from the old bunkers, any drainage that needs to be ripped out. And then Tyler will come in do the shaping, rough grade it, rake it out. And then usually, usually he'll, uh, trench the drains for us in the new, in the new bunkers as well. And run them to a sump, and then everything else is uh, is done in house. So yeah, we do. Tyler does the shaping, but we, our guys wind up doing quite a bit of the of the hands on work. So and is this something that you had done before, or do you are you learning as you go, or were you learning as you as you went? Nah, I've I've done quite. A, I've done just about all of it over the years, just uh, in different pieces, and you know, going straight forward and just doing bunker work or building the green. I mean, it's, yeah, I've been down this road before we're doing grass bottom bunkers. So we're lining the bunkers with sod, um, you know, round up, killing it off at their roots and then, and then putting sand on top of that instead of putting a more expensive system in. And, you know, at the time in 2018, it was out of just financial necessity to do it that way, but it's worked out so well, even though we're in a better position now, we're continuing with that practice. That's, that's a rare, uh, way way to do it. Explain to me a little bit how you came up with that idea and and um, and kind of take me through the steps. So you, every every bunker you have grass in the you put sod in the bottom of every bunker now. Yep. So we sod the bottom everything except for the drainage trenches. Uh, I wish I could take credit for it. It wasn't my idea, but I did. I know it's kind of an old school practice that I knew about. Um, and you know we leave the sod sitting there, let it root in real well. Um, go in, spray it with Roundup, and the next day we go in and start putting sand in, and then that sod dies underneath. And that organic mat that's left in there will keep, you know, just keep... Now, we're flat bottom, so we don't have a lot of steep faces. You know, we got to worry about sand washing. It's more about keeping the aggregates from coming up and that kind of thing. Right. Um, But it's worked out spectacular, and, you know, our oldest ones are going on six years, haven't had any issues yet. You probably get from, you know, talking to Tyler and some other people, we'll probably get about 10 year lifespan out of that, which at that point you're basically ready to replace your sand anyway. So right. Uh, at that point we'll go in and make a decision if we're going to continue and go another 10 years, you know, redo it or 
go go with one of the synthetic materials at that point. But it's where it's worked out really, really well. And, and cost wise, it has to be much cheaper, right, than any other any other kind of bunker liner. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, some of the some of the newer bunker liners. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head, but you're probably looking at three or four dollars a square foot, where this is maybe you know thirty cents thirty cents a square foot. Wow. So. Uh, you know, the square footage adds up pretty quickly. So we've been able to keep the cost down and do a lot of this work um, fairly economically with making the biggest impact. And it's, it's playability, aesthetically, just the whole, the whole package has been really terrific and really well received. Yeah, I'm, I'm really intrigued by this. I mean, I know it's an old school uh, method, but it's just one that you don't hear um, being used. And the fact that you're getting you're already six years in on some of your bunkers and things are fine. That's, I mean, that's a great sign. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I've had, uh, I've had a lot of phone calls from, from people, you know, that have heard that I've done it and, uh, you know, asking, I said, look, I, I wish I could take credit. <laughs> it's, it's not my thing, but right. I said, uh, you know, explain the way we did it. And, uh, I know uh, quite a few other guys in the Northeast. I know it was, it was pretty prevalent in the Pacific Northwest, um, I don't think it had been tried a lot in the East, you know, in recent years, only because of our humidity level, you know, people thought, ah, it gets too hot here. It'll break down too fast. Yep. But I've had guys call me and, uh, I haven't had anybody call me back and say, yeah, that was a disaster. You know, I mean, it seems to be working out right. for others as well. Just great. And what do you use? What's, what are you using for grass? And, uh, what kind of sod is it? So it's just tall fescue, uh, Kentucky bluegrass sod. Right. Uh, same same thing. It's on the on the faces of the bunker, so they'll just roll it right down into the right to the edge of the trench, cut it off there, leave the trench open. Right. Uh, I know a couple of the other clubs. I know Jeffersonville up in Philadelphia, which is an old Ross. Uh, I know Rich up there was doing the same practice. I think I didn't know. I wasn't aware of it at the time, but I did find out later that he was doing the same thing. So I guess a lot of couple guys were, you know. Uh, and it's like guys, I guess, uh, you know, having similar ideas at similar times uh, to, you know, bring back some of this older stuff, basically out of necessity in 2018, things weren't quite as peachy as they are in uh, 2022, right. you know, financially, uh, things were a little bit different. Right. Uh, so it's, it, it, you know, like I said, it was out of necessity, but it's worked out so well that we're going to continue on. Well, let's do this. Let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsors and we'll be, re- we'll be right back. Introducing Genesis RX, a line of comprehensive fertility and soil amendment solutions specifically designed for aerification, construction, renovation, sodding, sprigging, and seeding. These blends represent the most comprehensive fertilizers the Andersons have ever produced, offering single product solutions designed to simplify fertility and save time in application. To learn more, visit andersonsplantnutrient.com slash turf. From fairway and greens drainage to full-scale renovation work, Golf Preservations can handle your project with ease and give you the peace of mind of knowing the professionals are caring for your valuable golf course assets. Since 2005, Golf Preservations has meticulously installed over 500 miles of drainage pipe on more than 300 golf courses nationwide, always keeping disruption of play to a minimum. Visit golfpreservations.com or call 606-499-2732 to speak with us about your next drainage or renovation project. The cap 
capillary bunker system keeps bunker moisture at optimal levels to eliminate washouts, soil contamination, plugged ball lies, and other bunker maintenance and playability problems. The patented capillary bunker system not only rapidly drains rain from storms, but also moves moisture back up to the bunker sand through capillary action as needed during drier weather. Capillary bunkers last longer, average a three-year payback, and provide better, more consistent player experiences, all with a 10-year performance guarantee. For more information, visit capillarybunkers.com. Okay, we're back on the TurfNet Renovation Report with Doug Larson, the superintendent of the Shore Club in New Jersey, talking about uh, renovating uh, bunkers and kind of this uh, incremental renovation as you go. Um, has, what's your feeling as far as if you could do this all at one time? Would you prefer to do that? You know, I, originally I thought no, but yeah, in hindsight, probably yes, uh, or at least do you know half and half, uh, two years or something. Um, we did, the problem is Anthony, this club, you know, was not in the best financial condition for a lot of years. So there's so much deferred maintenance that just gets added on and added up and added up that, uh, we're addressing a lot of those situations now. So it's, it's not even, uh, you know, kind of an option for us to do because there's building issues. Uh, you know, we put a brand new irrigation system in last winter. Um, so obviously that was a, you know, a pretty big chunk of money that we had to put out at one time, Right. but we were operating with a 39 year old irrigation system that we were wow. constantly, you know, uh, in a hole repairing and with no isolation valves, it was quite the nightmare. So we got, we got through with it, but it was not a lot of fun at the time. We were wasting a lot of time, um, you know, pulling people to make these repairs and stuff like that. So, sure. That was the, the ownership realized that this isn't something we want. This is something that has to be done. And uh, luckily, we did it when we did it because now people are putting irrigation systems in like crazy, and I probably wouldn't be able to get anybody in here for a couple of years. So it, it kind of worked out really well. It was a quick decision, and uh, right, uh, it worked out really great. And we had a great installer and consultant uh, with Paul McMahon. So it, it worked out spectacular. But um, there's been so much deferred maintenance that it's 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 you know, it comes down to priorities, you know, we want to right. continue to show members, especially a lot of our newer members that we're continuing to improve the golf course. Uh, that's obviously a big thing. The ownership wants to, we don't want to inconvenience them, but they want them to come back every year and see that, you know, things have been accomplished. And, you know, our, our demographic of our club has changed a lot. Like I said, I grew up here and it was a blue collar club that, you know, a lot of people, locally we're members at and we still have some year round local members, but the vast majority at this point are, you know, snowbirds that take off for Florida or California or Mexico or wherever they go for the winter time. So we don't get much play in the winter time at all, which didn't used to be the case. It stays semi mile. We're, we're right on the ocean pretty much. I mean, we're on the, right on the back bay of the ocean. So we stay relatively warm here compared to the most places. And yesterday was no example of that, but, Typically that's the case. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah. so, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been, uh, the club's changed a little bit demographically that way, but it's, it's kind of a good mix now. It's, it's, it's some local, it's some, you know, summer people. There's a lot of people's summer homes down here. This is a second or third club for many of them. So, or, or sometimes 12th, depending on who you're talking about. So, <laughs> uh, it's, it's worked nice. out really well and the work's been well received and, and they love to see the continued improvements and, 
it's it's been it's going really well. It's been really great. What did you guys go with for an irrigation system? So we put a Turo system in. We hired a designer out of Maryland, a guy named Paul McMahon from Hydro Designs. It was spectacular. And uh, we got lucky that uh, at the timing, it, it worked out well since we're in kind of more of a little more temperate area. It's an appealing job for a lot of contractors that don't in the wintertime because we typically don't freeze down here. And there's not much, there's no rock on the property. So right. we wound up getting Landscapes Unlimited to put to install the system. We were fantastic. I mean, I can't say enough good things about them. And uh uh, yeah, it just it went splendidly. I mean, it was a, a wet winter. We had a lot of rain. Uh, we made a big mess, which I thought would never look right again. And by the time by the time late May rolled around, it was hard. To, it was hard to tell that they were ever here. Yeah, they, they really did a super job cleaning everything up. So uh, yeah, no, it, it was spectacular and went really, really well. Couldn't be more pleased. And and we you as part of this uh, renovation restoration, you also rebuilt the green. Tell me about that. That's the first time you've done that. Yeah, well, not the first time I've done it, but the first time we had done it here. So, there, okay. like you said, in the 50s, the Garden State Parkway, which runs all the way from Cape May at the southern tip from New, of New Jersey, which isn't far from here, all the way up to New York, uh, or into New York, was uh, built in, I think, the mid-50s. And there was two holes that went out to the parkway at the time when the course was originally built. Okay. So, we, I think in the 50s, they had the Gordons come in and build a couple of greens or existing eighth and 18 18th green uh so they're not original like you said they they burned two holes to build a driving range in the mid 90s um and we've got two holes that are back in the woods that are quite a bit different than everything else and are one of our main focal points and things you know something that we need to do soon here in the future because they're not not our favorite holes on the golf course um and tyler's come up with some really good solutions for that that we're going to get into at some point here pretty soon right um, and so we built a green, our seventh green was right up against the clubhouse, uh, right up against the patio at the clubhouse and it was a little sketchy. Uh, so we had the idea of, we had a practice green next to it that we decided we were going to doze that up and build a new green and change this hole instead of being a straightaway part four, part four into a slight dog leg left part four. Okay. Um, and Tyler built a really you know, we did uh, kind of the greens construction. I'm not a huge USGA fan, especially when you have mostly all, you know, modified topsoil green, you know, push-up greens out here. Right. So we, we did kind of a version of that where we, you know, built the shape of the green. We cut in uh, two-inch perforated drainage, 10-foot uh, centers, and then we put uh, eight inches of a 622, 60% sand, 20 soil, 20 peat. Yep. On top of that, and then stripped sod, bent poa sod off of an existing putting green that was going to be done away with anyway, and put that on this green. And uh, it really worked out super. It puts like the rest of the greens. It's uh, it really worked out. I thought it was going to be the first year. It was going to be a lot of babysitting, and really was one of the greens I really didn't have to take a look at at all. Really, really worked out well. Very happy with the results. And it's a hit with the with the uh, members. You said right. You're going to reroute the golf course? Yeah, it's, it's, they love it. Yeah. So my, my managing partner, the main, you know, uh, the guy who calls the shots for the ownership group thought I'd like to finish at the clubhouse, which is how the club was originally set up. And, uh, you know, so he said, how can we do this? So we figured out a way that we could route the golf course. It works out. You know, it doesn't get lopsided with too many par threes or fives on one side or the other. It kind of works out 
pretty evenly uh, and finishes back at that new groom. So that's that's uh, something we're going to start in the spring. And then we've decided in the maintenance department to put a, a jar in. that You have to put a dollar in every time you call a hole <laughs> the wrong number, which is going to happen at least 78,000 times next summer. That's awesome. Uh, so uh, that was my assistant's idea, which I thought was pretty good. So uh, we're, it's go, It's going to be a bit of a learning curve for all of us. I mean, like I said, I grew up here, so I'm still calling whole numbers from the eighties. The couple that were changed after the driving range went in, you know, I still call them the wrong numbers. So it's, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting year next year with that kind of stuff. So you're going to have guys going to the wrong holes aren't you, when you assign them to go places. Oh, constantly. Yeah. Either that or I'm going to be telling them to go to the wrong hole. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Even better. Be, Even better. Yeah. <laughs> They go and you tell them and it's the wrong place and you're like, why are you there? And you're like, this is it. This is, yeah, that's great. Well, yeah, you know, for the last couple of years, I'd say, guys, I need you to weed whack around that pond on eight. And they're saying there is no pond on eight. I go six used to be eight back in the eighties. Okay. So let's move on. <laughs> so we're going to be doing a lot of that, but on a much larger yeah. scale, 17 of the whole numbers are going to change. The only whole number that's not going to change is the first hole. So, wow. And where does the golf course end now? You said it doesn't end at the, it doesn't end at the clubhouse. So it ends well. The 18th green is kind of off to the side of the clubhouse. They wanted to kind of they have a big patio and stuff like that. So they wanted something right out front. So when they're having events and, and that kind of thing, uh, you know, everybody's kind of more in a focal point of where this action's going on. So originally the 9th and 18th both ended at the clubhouse, but or at least has it stood in the 80s. Now the 18th green, the 9th green is a couple hundred yards from the clubhouse. So like 400 yards from the clubhouse. So it, yeah, the, the, when they put the driving range in, it kind of, you know, threw a monkey wrench into that whole set. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So that wasn't the original That wasn't the original 18th green, in other words. Correct, correct, correct. Um, it, it, as an aside to all this, we, we, you know, you mentioned it briefly. Tell me about going through the, uh, the, the sale of the club from it being member-run to being run by a, a group of owners. When I got here in, in 2012, you know, uh, the club was not in a good position like many clubs, uh, you know, middle of the road, private clubs were not thriving at that point. Um, we were really on kind of a downslide and I'll think it's not just here. That was nationally, you know, as we all know. So, um, you know, when I got here, I was hired and, you know, I knew a few people here still, but most of the people that I knew, uh, when I was a kid growing up here were either have moved on or, permanently moved on uh to another to another world i guess but uh <laughs> so you know when i was another tired, dimension yeah, yeah exactly so a lot of them knew of me but they didn't really know me uh because i used to come back and give them a hand once in a while consulting wise so um we went through this patch where you know when i got here they said look if you don't pull this off this year you know we're, we're kind of done and i said well you can tell me that at the end of the year you don't tell me at the beginning but all right yeah. So yeah. we had a good run and, and we were kind of just keeping our noses above water. And, you know, as 2019 rolled around or 2018 rolled around, it was getting to the point where they're like, look, we have to do something here. So they didn't want to put it up for public sale. They approached a member who was a member who was here for maybe six weekends a year. Uh, he was a member of Philly Country Club. He didn't, he had a house in Cape May. He wasn't down here a lot. He was a busy guy. Um, and was kind of almost getting to this semi-retirement point in his life, which he's far from that at this point, but, uh, you know, and, and wanted something to do. And he said, yeah, I can, I could probably put a group together. So, uh, 
the group consisted of he sold shares and a few of the people were members. Right. And some of the people were just friends of his that I still don't know or have never met. Uh, they'd never been here. Uh, it was just a, a business thing. And he said, look, you, the club doesn't have to pay us anything back. Uh, we'll pay all the debt off on the club and try to revive this thing. And the managing owner is not, he's, he plays golf. He doesn't consider himself a golfer. Um, but he's a very smart businessman. He's an aesthetics guy. He kind of gets the big picture. He's a hospitality guy. So he kind of gets that end of it. And that's why he kind of leaves us alone to let us handle the golf end. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody seems to be pretty happy. Um, so he doesn't, he doesn't get too, I mean, he's involved, but not breathing. Like he's, I talked to him earlier today. He's in Florida for the winter. So, you know, we'll come up a couple times during the winter and that's it. And then he comes back in the spring once it warms up. Uh, so yeah, it's, it, it, it went really well. Uh, it's always a scary thing when you go through something like that. I'd never been through anything like that. I've never worked for an owner. I've always worked for membership owned golf courses. Right. Right. So I was a little leery on how that was going to work out, but it's, it's been terrific. I mean, he's, he's a great guy. He's, he's great to get along with. Uh, we have a great team here, uh, which we've continued to add on to. Um, and, um, it's really, it's been spectacular. I mean, uh, I got a great assistant, uh, about a year and a half ago. Um, who's just going to be, he's going to be a terrific superintendent. Uh, and I, he came from union league national right up the street, which is a big renovation project that's going on. Sure. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really, we've kind of built this thing into, you know, something that's really positive and literally did not hear, uh, a lot of complaints on, you know, any end of the operation this past year, which, uh, is probably a first, I mean, you're always going to have somebody who's got a, a bug about something, you know, <laughs> um, right. But, uh, continued to build it, brought in a, a local restaurateur who was a member who's taken over the dining facilities and he continues to peck away at those things. He just wants to make it a fun club. He says, look, it's not, it's not Marion. Uh, we're not delusional. We're not, we don't think we're going to be marrying. We're not trying to be married. Right, right. Uh, we're, we're trying to do our own thing. It's a fun, relaxed place. People are at the shore. They're on vacation. We want everybody to have a good time. And one of my owners, I still don't believe him, but he's a member at, I think, like 10 or 12 clubs, like good clubs. And he said, you know where my favorite place to play is? And I said, where? And he said, here. And I said, yeah, yeah yep. that sounds insane. He said, not really, because I have fun. You know, this is just a very relaxed atmosphere. It's not like there's no rules, but it's, it's, yeah. it's relaxed. Yeah. You know, we've all played those clubs where, you know, you go with a guy and he says, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, you know, now I got to think about this all. <laughs> These aren't things I was planning on doing anyway, but now I have to, I have to physically think about this all day long, you know? So it, it's, 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 it's been really great and they've, they've really built something and continue to do so. And, and membership's full and they have a waiting list. Like, like a lot of private clubs do at this time. Right. Um, like you and I spoke earlier, I mean, you know, it, it's, it's a crazy place to be and, you know, a difference a couple of years makes and a couple of nervous years that you didn't think would, you would see this kind of impression on golf, but it's great. And, and, you know, you, you mentioned it quickly is that you're, you have an owner that or ownership group that doesn't meddle with you. They let you do your thing. No, actually I just deal with the one managing owner. That's the way he has it set up. Um, and you know, like I said, he, he goes over the broad strokes, 
this is what I want to do X, Y, and Z. You say, okay. And then this is how much it's going to cost. He says, okay. And then we do it. And that's it. You know? So he, he doesn't meddle. He says, look, I, I, I don't know your business. I said, I don't know yours either. So <laughs> it kind of makes sense, right. you know? So he's, right. he's uh, been terrific to deal with. I mean, I've had meddling green Sherman's before, uh, not a lot, thank God, sure. but I, I have had that guy right. and, it's not a pleasant work environment. I don't think anybody works well. And we kind of run our state the same way. I mean, if we feel comfortable with somebody and we give them some autonomy, I mean, I want people to, right. Right. I don't, I don't work better if somebody's either yelling at me or breathing down my neck. And I don't think most people respond to that. So, um, that's kind of the culture we're trying to build here. And, uh, it seems to be going well. I mean, people seem to respond to it. And what's your plans as far as how many holes are you guys doing this year or have you, you know, started already for bunker work? What's twenty? What's twenty twenty two bringing? We're just doing our sixteenth hole, which is a par three. Uh, sits on a lake. Uh, Tyler's coming in. We're gonna. We're gonna. All the greens are gonna get expanded back to original dimensions too over the next. Well, it's gonna take a while, but probably the next five or six years. So we're gonna expand that green. Uh, we're also going to because we lost a lot of green space. So we're gonna do that. We're also gonna have uh, instead of rougher all around this green, it's gonna be all uh, chipping area around the entire tiring and it's raised up a little bit so it should be pretty cool and then uh there's some bulkheading in front of it that we're going to lower and kind of make it a little more low vis because we're not huge fans of it um that was here when we got here so we're doing that hole this year uh we're going to build a few more tees which we've been kind of chipping away at at the same time we've been doing bunkers um and then you know, moving out some grass lines on fairways, widening some things out, getting some width back to the golf course um, is, is what our main plans are. And, you know, it's funny when you, you know, you talk to members who don't know, you know, really anything about golf course architecture and you say, look, we're going to widen this out. Oh, you're going to make it too easy. And I said, no, 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 no. That's not, that's not what happens when you wind it out. <laughs> yeah. so let me know what your, how, how your handicap changes, you know? So, once right. they see it and they go, wow, this is great, you know. So it's it's been well-received and, and people – now, we're kind of a tight property, but Tyler's come up with a way to kind of stretch the place out a little bit, give us a little bit of breathing room between some holes and, you know, with some T locations and, and pushing some lines in different directions. So that's going to be our main focus now um, is, is trying to get some of those areas uh, – Reclaim some fairway areas, some green space, a lot of green space, um, and you know, and continue to improve the golf course every year. Fantastic, that's great. Well, listen, I appreciate your your uh, taking some time to do this. Good luck with uh, the 2022 season. My pleasure, Anthony. Uh, sounds like you guys are you guys got some good stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, very very happy. Appreciate your time. That concludes today's episode with my guest, Doug Larson, from the Shore Club in Cape May Courthouse, New Jersey. You have been listening to the Renovation Report on TurfNet Radio.